Welcome back to Heart Protected Podcast, where we'll be having heart-to-heart conversations about your heart health. I'm your host, Shalan Wong, and today I'm joined by Dr. Peter Lin once again. And if you haven't catched the first part, please do check it out. And Dr. Peter Lin is all the way from Canada, and he's also the Director of Primary Care Initiatives from the Canadian Heart Research Centre. And he's also the Associate Editor of the Elsevier Web Portal. Today, he's here with us to talk to us about a very important topic, and today is the part two of Cholesterol Control, Why Early Matters. Hello, Dr. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me on your podcast. Thank you. In your opinion, what's the most effective way to help people maintain a healthy cholesterol level uh, level over a long period of time? I guess the first thing is to know the cholesterol level. So that's why for people getting that number so that they know what's happening, I think is useful. Mm -hmm. And then number two, as we start thinking about what they can do in terms of diet and those kinds of things. Um, and oftentimes I'll tell them, what do you eat? And they say, oh, I eat very healthy. I just eat vegetables. I go, I don't think so. You know, so then we get them to write it down or take a picture of it. Nowadays, yeah. it's easier with the phone. Mm. And then they can swipe through it and look, wow, this Progress. is not so healthy, right? Yeah. And then what they can do is say, I always ask them, ask yourself the question, did you really need to eat that? And so if they ask right. that question, they'll say, well, I didn't really need to have that pop. I didn't really need to have this uh, dessert. I didn't really need to have it. And all of a sudden they connect that I don't need this. Um, and that might change their behavior very easily, as opposed to me saying, you can't eat this, you can't, because then it's a very restrictive thing again. Yes. So now I make it stressful. But if they review themselves and say, did I really need that? Most of the time you don't need all that food. And then you start connecting that when I see that, I don't need it. So therefore I can turn away from that. Uh, so I think that's a very easy way for people to figure out what they should be eating, what they shouldn't be eating and how much. Because that's the other thing is volume, right? So slow it down and you'll notice that you don't eat the huge volumes and yet your brain is very satisfied. I tried that with an apple. Okay. You know, usually, you know, you yeah, eat it yeah. real quick and you sort of go, did I really eat an apple? So I, I tried this trick and I ate it and I ate slowly. And this came because um, I was interviewing these patients that had that bariatric surgery, you know, the band, mm -hmm. you know? And I asked them, I said, how did you lose weight? And I thought they were all gonna say the band. And all they said was the same thing. He goes, because I have the band, I have to chew my food slowly and swallow slowly. And so I feel that I ate an apple, I ate the steak or whatever, and I'm satisfied. Yes. So that was the word that they used, that they were satisfied with their food. So if we could pretend that we have a little band, but yes. we don't need the surgery, then we could say, let me enjoy the food. And then the brain says, I've had good food. Mm -hmm. And then you don't crave food and things like that. Whereas if I tell you, don't eat this, don't eat this, don't, then you're going to be craving and you want to cheat and eat and so on and so forth. And then you'll say, I can't do this diet. You know, whereas if we enjoy it, you know, one, two pieces of meat might be enough for your taste buds. One, two pieces of chocolate might be enough as well. And therefore it's healthy amounts that you're eating then. That's a very interesting point because, um, I know that when whenever I eat with my friends, I realize that I eat very fast and my my friends eat very slow. And then uh, in Asian households, we would like our parents would say, "Oh, eat faster! You have to go soon <laughs> and finish uh, everything." Yes, finish everything. Uh, no matter if you're full or not, just don't waste food. And I think that mindset really has been with me. So I have to eat fast, finish my food, and I realize right now that it. 
it didn't create a very healthy mindset. And my friends that ate slow, they they were full after that. Whereas for me, I'm like, I want to have dessert, yeah, you know, right, and I want to have a second uh, serving or. I'm I'm just not satisfied. Whereas for them, they they ate le- they ate lesser, but they were fine with with and they can carry out their day without thinking about food. Whereas I would have like a mindset of just oh, that wasn't enough. I want to have more or something like that. So we can help you by slowing it down. Yeah. So use a smaller spoon. Right? <laughs> so therefore, you can't yes. shovel it all up. And then what we do is we separate the foods. So instead of having one plate of everything mixed together, we separate them so that you have to finish one plate and then move on to the next. So what that does is slows you down in that you have to finish this stuff as opposed to shoveling all sorts of different flavors. And that's another reason we try to separate the foods is because your taste buds will say, oh, I had a lot of broccoli or I had a lot of chicken or I had a lot. And so the sense will be satisfaction because you had a lot. Whereas we mix the foods together. I don't know if that was chicken or broccoli or rice. And then all of a sudden your brain gets confused. Let's just have some more just yeah, to make sure that we get enough in there. Exactly that. So separate it out, use a smaller spoon and then pace yourself with your friends. In other words, you have a guide. Your mm-hmm. friends will be the guide as to how fast you eat. And then that way you'll have satisfaction and not need to eat second and third plates. Okay, one question about food again. So is it true that healthy food wouldn't taste as good as unhealthy food? That's our perception. So our perception is healthy food is celery, you know, something mm. like that, right? Something that Whereas, comes from the ground. Exactly. Like and, and you can't put any sauce on <laughs> yeah. it or anything like that. So, of course, Dry. we can use spices and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, we've done things where you freeze fruit. So if you freeze a strawberry, for example, it tastes like a fancy dessert because mm-hmm. it's kind of cold and everything else. But it's a strawberry, for example. So you could do some creative things. We can make things look better by putting it into taller glasses. So it looks like a huge amount, but it's actually a tall little glass. When you look at it, it looks like, wow, that's a lot of stuff. So making things look good because your eyes are the first things that taste your food for you, then all of a sudden it becomes appetizing. Whereas if you just have six celery sticks sitting there, that doesn't look appetizing. Yes, so we need to put something. No, <laughs> so your brain needs to say, wow, I want to get into that. Yes. And then that way you'll feel satisfied mm-hmm. as well. So I think sort of tricking your brain in a way or at least convincing it that healthy food doesn't always have to taste bad I think is a very good way to start what about eating out because right now there's a trend of there's so many cafes and restaurants um how how would we keep a healthy lifestyle with the eating out habits? Yeah, so eating out is tough, but then a lot of restaurants are now starting to put the number of calories and those kinds of things on their I think the government does yeah, it Yeah, right yeah. Now, basically yeah. they put it on there so that way you have a way to compare. Yes. And the other thing is let's just avoid, again, the highly processed, so yes. deep fried, that kind of stuff. Maybe we limit that. So let's say you, if you love fries, then okay, let's have fries, but then let's be healthy on the other side of things. So therefore, a stir fry might be better than a big steak, for example, right? A big steak is a lot of meat, whereas a stir fry would have a lot less meat that's sitting in there. So we could choose tasty things, but we could sort of consciously choose it, for example. Uh, we can also avoid a lot of the starches and things like that, right? The big desserts. Mm-hmm. So then if you have a sorbet, for example, which is kind of like frozen ice water mm-hmm. versus creamy ice cream, yes. and the sorbet is good, it still feels like a nice dessert and things like that, but it's not going to carry the same amount of calories. So we could still have good flavor and taste, but then we don't have to sacrifice that in yeah. order to be healthy. 
basically being educated with our food choices. And we can think about it ahead of time. I mean, all the menus for these restaurants are online now, mm-hmm. so you can look at it and say, okay, this is healthier. So at the moment of ordering, you're at the whim of the nice pictures yes. and everything else. But if you did this ahead of time and you looked at the menu, you'll say, I like, well, okay, maybe I shouldn't have that one. Okay, this one is reasonable, right? And then you have time. So if you have time to look at the menu, as opposed to you get there with your friends and you open up the menu, okay, hurry up and choose something. You're going to choose the one that's got the biggest proportion, yes. right? <laughs> something yes, like that. Yes, I'm very hungry now. I want that's this. That's right. And yes. you're hungry. And so you're going to pick the biggest proportion. And then when it comes, your mom told you to finish everything. Yes. So you're going to try and finish everything. Exactly that. So if we look at the menu ahead of time, then you could do that. Once you do that a couple of times, you know the restaurants, you know what you're going to get. You go to McDonald's, you know what you're going to get. So all of a sudden, you now pre-program yourself to head towards the healthier things. Mm -hmm. For example, you can get a salad instead of the fries, for example. And once you know that, the next time you'll just order the salad instead of the fries. So it's not like you have to do this every time. Eventually, you'll learn the tricks and then it'll just become a lifestyle normal, Mm -hmm. right? As opposed to I'm going on a diet. Because whenever patients say I'm going on a diet, it means at some point they're coming off the diet. So I just tell people, you're going to eat like this in the future. This is your new lifestyle. And you don't have to get it right, right away. You could sort of say, here's where I am over here. And I'd like to be over here. And then you could say, I'm going to move towards that. So I'm going to eat a little less starch. I'm going to eat less, less fried stuff. I'm going to eat smaller meat. And at restaurants, one very easy trick is to cut the meat, let's say, and then say, I'm going to pack this home. And then you could use that for lunch tomorrow. So you're not wasting food, right? Because people say, I can't waste food. I can't leave it there. So then you could take a portion off. Your body will not notice. It's kind of like when you get the raise, Mm. you know, you get a 10% raise. You notice the first paycheck, second paycheck, third paycheck. Mm. You don't notice it anymore. The same works in a reverse. If we take away 10%, first time you look at it, oh, I'm missing 10% of my steak. Next time you don't even feel it if you take a smaller piece. And that's how you can notch yourself down. Portion control. Okay, one interesting question I just uh, thought of. You said that now calories might be put on the food Mm, options. Does the calorie uh, relate to the cholesterol levels of the food? It does in a general way. So for example, if I eat way more calories, let's say I only need 1500 calories to keep me going during the day, but I'm eating 2000 calories. Well, now I have 500 that can be stored somewhere and it's going to be stored as fat. And so now that means I get bigger and so on and so forth. So if I'm over by 500 calories every day, you could see that that's going to build up and cause more fat to accumulate. So more fat, more inflammation, more cholesterol, everything now feeds off of each other. The other thing to look at the calories is where is it coming from, right? Is it 300 calories all from deep fried fat? Or is it 300 calories coming from a big bowl of salad? Because it's not the same, right? It's not the same. It's the same number in calories, but a big bowl of salad might be this big to give you 300 calories versus, let's say, a bunch of fried stuff, right? So that's why we actually look at the food as to what food that you're eating. So the number might be the same, but the food might be better or worse for you. So I always tell people, look at the number, but also look at what's giving you those calories. And we like to balance it out. So it's not like don't have anything, Mm -hmm. but it's more like a little less of the bad stuff, a little bit more of the good stuff. Okay. So, so the last question, what are some dietary changes that can help improve cholesterol levels for the people that are in their 30s or 40s, not so old, when their cholesterol levels are like borderline high? 
Yeah, so the, basically the big fatty stuff. Mm -hmm. So we'd like to avoid fat, deep fried things. We want to avoid big meats, okay? Because red meat, yeah, white red meat. meat. Red meat is the general one. And as a general rule as to how much to eat, so red meat is the size of the palm of your hand. Mm. So if you look at the palm of your hand, roughly that size and roughly the same thickness. So your hand is smaller than mine, so I can eat a little bit more than I yours. See. Okay. If we're talking about chicken or fish, then it's the whole hand. Oh. That includes your fingers uh, as well. So therefore, you could use that as a gauge of how much you should be eating. So I have people that say, oh, I eat two handfuls of, of meat and steak. So that gives them a way to say, okay, I, I'm going to head towards the more normal proportion. Um, salads, you can have two handfuls of salads. And fat and butter and stuff like that should be your, your thumb tip, okay? Just a little tip. So no blobbing Oops. the fat on top yeah. of the bread, right? <laughs> All that kind of yeah. stuff. So I, I think if we just learn some proportion controls, yeah. that way might be a good way to start. Um, I generally try not to tell people you can't eat this or whatever because it's a very negative sense. It's a very restrictive mindset. Right. So then if we can start off by you eat, you know, four pieces of deep fried fish. Okay, can we make it three, for example? You eat four bowls of rice. I've had patients with four bowls. Can we go to three and a half, you know? And I don't ever do it really dramatic because if I go from four bowls to one bowl, you're going to feel hungry, right? Because mm -hmm. their stomach is used to this. So it's just gentle moving them backwards is a much better way of doing it than these dramatic, you know, you hear about these people, I went on a starvation diet. Yes. And how long does that last for? Three weeks. And then they go back up and they start eating. And what we find is that if you go on a starvation diet, your body actually becomes more efficient. You become like a hybrid car, right? Mm -hmm. Like you become efficient at using what energy that you're bringing in because your body was designed to survive. So if it gets less food, it's going to survive on less food. So instead of needing to burn 1500 calories, it only needs a thousand calories now. Mm. So what do you think happens when you become efficient? And then now I give you more food. Well, I still only need a thousand, but you just gave me 2000. So 1000 is going to be stored mm. as fat. So that's why some people say I went on a diet. I lost the weight, but it was a crazy diet, whereas one of these starvation diets. And then when I started eating, my weight all came back and then extra. Why extra? Because you became efficient. So you don't need the extra calories anymore. So that extra one went into storage. So that's why we don't like these, you know, crazy starvation yeah. diets. And you hear patients going yo-yo up mm -hmm. and down, up and down. And that's actually a destructive way. So that's why we say just slowly cut down and cut out more of the bad foods and have more of the good foods. And I think most people understand that. They don't have to go and take a course to figure that out. And it's something that everybody can do at any age. So if you're old, it makes sense, right? Cut down on the foods, cut down on the bad stuff, more of the good stuff. And everybody can understand that. And it's something easy that everybody can start to do today, as opposed to you have to go to a special program and you have to eat this liquid, whatever. Mm. Um, we can do it with real food. And that way, that lifestyle you can continue on. Basically, to summarize everything, really be mindful about what you eat, what you put in your body, what you do uh, when you exercise, sleep well, and also uh, don't stress out. Yes. If we do that, that'll be a good life for you, definitely. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Peter, for taking the time with us to talk about cholesterol and why does it matter for us to check it early. And we just want to say that if this episode is helpful, remember to share it, spread it to your friends, rate it, and also spread the word around. 
We will have new episodes every two weeks, so don't forget to subscribe to our Heart Protected Podcast. The Heart Protected Podcast is brought to you by AstraZeneca. And as always, if you have any concern, don't forget to consult your doctor and also find out more info on our website at heartprotected.com. So once again, I'm Shalane and I'm your host and thank you for tuning in.